Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I'm joined as I am every week by the birthday boy, Mr. Shane Reeves. Thank you very much. It's We'll discuss that a little. Both of us astride the announced table of a piece of birthday cake in front of us. With the plastic silverware that actually looks like silverware. Yeah, it's a it's, nice touch. It's it's classy. My wife is so good at this stuff. She wanted to bring cake tonight for me. I said, oh, why don't we just bring a thing of cookies? She said, no, I want to bring a cake for you. It's birthday. It's got to be cake. Well, I was thinking it'd be easier, you know, just to grab a cookie as they go by. Yeah. And I also like the way you open the cookie container, and they could just drop a birthday cigar in the back of it and pick a cookie up out uh, of the front. Oh, I like I like where you're going with See, that. There, there, there's an elaborate scam there, because I was going to seed it. I was going to yeah. put a cigar in there, a Padron. Oh, of course. Kind of seed it so that I could get, <laughs> get so, more haul. So now, are you expecting at the poker game tonight for everyone to just let you win, or to give you a cigar in addition to the one they throw in the pot? It's, it's really about the same difference. I win most of the time, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, but all ego aside, first we need to light our cigars, then we can talk about my ego. <laughs> That's pretty much why this podcast exists, I think, some days. Um, all right, so I'm going to smoke a cigar. I'm, I'm staying on my Dominican kick. Uh, this is the Logoria Cabana um, collection, reserve, reserve collection. It's the one that they did in partnership with E.P. Carrillo that was released at the show this year. I had one when they first came out, and I really enjoyed it. Didn't really... I don't really remember much about it, but since I've been on such a Dominican kick lately and uh, and just really enjoying the kind of flavors and have always been a big EPC fan, I thought now was the time to, to give this one another shot. A cigar I've had. Um, good cigar. Not going to make my regular rotation, but definitely wouldn't turn down one given to me for my birthday. Is that a hint? <laughs> no. Um, it's Sumatran seed wrapper, which I don't understand. Most of the time when you see, uh, you know, Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, or could it, you, you very rarely hear Sumatra seed wrapper. I don't, I don't necessarily know what that means. I know, like, you know, you hear Cuban seed from the cigar a, a lot of times, but I don't hear that specifically with the wrapper very often. Well, it's interesting because that's... That's one of the things. I think it's a marketing term as much of anything. Instead of just saying Sumatra wrappers have Sumatra seed. Oh, sorry. I'm guessing Glenda was the last person yes. to use the cutter. So I have the, for those listening at home, I have the Calibri SV cut. And the wonderful thing about it is when you cut your cigar, the pieces don't fall out. The bad part Until your it. unsuspecting <laughs> podcast partner goes to open it and use it. Then he gets doused in tobacco end cap. <laughs> so, but... You did get it cut, and you did the straight cut. You didn't do the V. I, you know that's where I'm going to go on that. I'm I'm just I'm such a V cut junkie, and all. But tonight I'm smoking something special. Allegedly. Well, yeah, allegedly. If Kyle Davis is to be believed, which I'd like to hope, I'd like to think that he can be. I, th- I think he is. I think he's dependable enough. So they had a Drew Estate event here at the shop Thursday night, and they were actually. I will say this, the best giveaway cigars, quality-wise, I have ever seen at an event. I was really impressed with the level of giveaway cigar, because usually usually your giveaway cigars something not necessarily at the top of their line, not necessarily at the bottom of their line, kind of a good middle ground. But he was giving away Pappies and this cigar. 
This it, is and the Indian motorcycle. I got one of those. It, and I think he gave a couple of Papa's Fritas away as well. Yeah, he was giving away some some high quality sticks. I was really impressed. But the one I'm smoking is the Hoya de Nicaragua Classico. And this one has a, um, it's a blue band with gold trim. This is the first cigar Hoya made. This is Hoya's 50th anniversary this year, so they made this cigar in that honor. Allegedly, according to Kyle, I cannot um, confirm the details of this, this was the cigar of the Nixon White House. This was the cigar, if you went in and had a smoke with Nixon, this is the one he would open the humidor and pull out of the case. I feel like that's easy enough to corroborate, but I kind of just like believing it on face value. You know, I do too. I kind of think it's... I like the romanticism of it. And I, and I smoked one that night, and I loved it. And I'm really looking forward to this one. The only bad part is you can't go buy a box of them. Right. And, and it's surprising to me that you like it as much as you do, because, you know... It, it doesn't have that rough, leather, dark wrapper that I'm used to seeing cigars that you smoke. It's very light caramel Connecticut wrapper. I mean, it's just, it's not what I'd expect. Your, your palate is starting to lighten up, I think. It is, and the thing is, this thing, it's, it's within Lancero ring gauge. I mean, it's much thinner than I usually smoke. I believe that's a Lonsdale. Lonsdale. That makes sense. And it's just a little bigger than a Lancero, a yep. little smaller than a Churchill, still a good size. We're, we're both smoking big cigars tonight. Yeah, just an excellent... I mean, yeah, I was surprised that you picked up that size of the E.P. Carrillo. I figured you'd have went for the Rothschild. Well, I'll tell you, there's a very good and practical reason for why I chose the size of cigar that I did. Is that I'm putting myself on a bit of a cigar budget. So it's... Uh, it's bang for buck kind of time, so I thought I'm only going to be able to smoke one cigar tonight. Might as well make it count. So let's go, Churchill. You know, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for, um, for, for self-regulation, for looking forward to something, and all that. I actually, unlike normal, didn't stop and grab a cigar on the way down here. You know, normally I stop at the shop by my house, grab a cigar, smoke it on the way down, then have another cigar for the podcast, and then usually smoke another cigar after we finish up. Um, today I'm actually smoking for the for the podcast on a fresh palate, and I don't know if that's making a difference or not, but I'm definitely enjoying this more than I remember it. You know, less cigars a lot of times equivalates out to enjoying the ones you have more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can burn your palate out, and that may be some of why I keep going back to the lighter stuff is because it keeps coming around in that direction. Yeah. Well, and you've been, I've overheard you several times lately talk to people about how it doesn't have to be full-bodied to be complex, and that's kind of a new little mantra for you I've noticed, is talking about that complexity and how that's really what you're looking for more than strength itself. It is, and I like to, I like a well-blended cigar. I like it to be, you know... Smooth is the most overused term in the liquor business. Yeah. Everybody that gets whiskey, if they drink it, they say, oh, that's smooth. Oh, that's smooth. Meaning it didn't have a bite or something like that. But I don't know that smooth is a good cigar term, but that is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a good, even blend and a cigar well that balance. Yeah. Because I feel like smooth, it, you know, a, a Rocky Patel light is a smooth cigar. It's also a flavorless cigar, in my opinion. 
I, it, I might as well set a plastic drinking straw on fire and just suck the air in through it because that's actually, there's a little more flavor there. Nothing wrong with that cigar, but to me, I don't taste anything, but it's smooth. Right. So to me, well blended is, is a more, is more of a, um, a testament to, to how well the flavors all play with each other. Because smooth just means unexciting, or at least it can, especially when it comes to like whiskey and things like that. I mean, I used to like, w- when I was drinking, I used to really like my wine and my whiskey to bite back. Right. That was Those were the flavors I liked. So to be smooth wasn't necessarily a, a good quality. And I find that to be true with cigars as well. I like that little bit of bite on the back of the tongue. Yeah, I like a little bit, but I don't want too much of it on the front end, and I definitely don't want the cigar to have a big finish. Right. I want the cigar to be consistent. I would much rather have a cigar consistent from front to back as to have one that's up and down. Yeah, you can't be like pancakes, all exciting at first, but by the end you're sick of them. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent analogy. I have to give credit to Mitch Hedberg for that. Oh, okay. That's well, not my own. And also... Being as we have now finished our birthday cake. Your birthday cake. My birthday cake. Well, I shared with you. Yeah, that's true. So so if there's a little extra energy on the podcast this week, it's because both of both he and I are running a sugar rush. Yeah, it's sugar high time. So I have been going through, this is modern day dilemma. I have been going through and really refining my Facebook friend list the amount of people that I follow. Not necessarily unfriending people, just unfollowing people. Yeah. Um, To me, if you have Facebook and you never publish an original thought, all you ever do is post memes and repost news stories and pictures, you know, of horses and donkeys or whatever doing whatever. And political posts whose fact-basedness is dubious at best. Yeah, political posts representing your view. Oh, yeah, echo chamber. Yeah. Um, if you do that, really, I'm kind of done with you on Facebook because mm. I, don't, I don't need my feed assaulted that. But now the people I love to follow on Facebook are the people that actually sit down and write their thoughts. Um, you know, one of our friends here at the cigar shop that just moved to Destin, uh, he's a teacher. I won't say his name out loud because then everybody would friend him. But he always has great profound thoughts as it pertains to his life and as it pertains to he's a professor and he teaches biblical and academia. And as, it, as he does all that, it really, um, it's really interesting to read a lot of his posts. So every year, I say all that to say this. Every year, I publish my top three trips from this trip. My top, starting over. You want to take another run at that? I'm going to take another run at that. My top three thoughts from this year's trips around the sun. That's my annual birthday address to all my followers. I haven't seen it. I haven't been on Facebook today. Well, I haven't published it yet. Oh, it won't okay. publish till tomorrow, but by the time oh, that's this right. podcast yeah. released, it will have already come forth. Thought number I one. I got distracted by the cake. I forgot that your birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> Thought number one, it's not my fault, is the rallying cry of the chronic loser. If you, That sounds like something you may have borrowed from Corolla. 
No, no. Actually, this is that really ticked me off because he started talking about loser language of losers, and I had already been constructing this thought for oh, okay. years. But yes, but this does parallel to some of his, but this is different. There's always somebody that says, it ain't my fault. If you're saying it ain't my fault, are you not investing energy into the problem rather than the solution? Yeah. I, I deal with that on a constant basis. Anybody who works in an office with other people probably, you know, because it's not my fault is the same as it's not my job or it's not my problem. Well, it's someone's, and wouldn't life be better for everybody if we just kind of handled this? Yeah, if all you did was, if all the energy you invested into trying to figure out who goofed up, you just invested into fixing the goof up, would you not have more go- less goofs at the end of the day? Which brings me to my absolute pet, one of my absolute pet peeves, and it happens all the time. I'm, so I'm addicted to fast food. I love fast food. Wendy's being my favorite around here because we don't have In-N-Out Burger or Whataburger. Whataburger's number one of all time. Just in case there's anybody wants to debate that, uh, you're wrong. I order a plain cheeseburger. That's all I, like, you know, a meal, whatever, but a plain cheeseburger. I've been ordering a plain cheeseburger for 30 years. I know I ordered it correctly. So when I dig through my bag, when you hand me my sandwich and I find lettuce, tomato, pickle, special sauce, and whatever else on this burger that I know I didn't ask for, and I hand it back to you and say, this was supposed to be plain, do not ask me for my receipt. Don't take time to go through your computer system and check and find, I don't give a crap. Fix my sandwich. I'm hungry and I would like to leave now. And, okay, you're holding the burger. Is the burger not receipt enough? Yeah. Do well, they, they want to see, they want to find out, did the cashier screw this up? Did the guy working the fry later screw it up? Was it the guy making minimum wage that put the cheese on the bun with the, like, trying to figure out who's, I don't care. It, you're in, you're making this worse for me. I just want my sandwich. Well, and now, in the defense of the fast food worker, he's got a system. The man's got a system. He gets the kangaroo meat. He puts it on the grill. He throws it I on... I wish it was kangaroo meat. Kangaroo <laughs> meat is delicious. Is it? Okay. Yes, it's really, really good. And uh, he puts the tomato. He puts the lettuce. He puts the mayonnaise so as not to wash the color off the tomato. Right. On top of the lettuce. Puts the cheese and puts it in. And you're messing with his system a little. So I can understand the margin for error in this particular event. But it's not like I'm asking for extra of something or special. I'm just saying just leave it all. Just just get rid of all of it. There's no there's no uh, uh, brain cells or brain power needed for this. You put meat, you put cheese, you put bread and you move on. Okay, now do and you And I'm paying the same price as the people who get the lettuce, tomato, onion and all that. I'm saving the company money. Okay, but until now, you have to make it twice. Are you this guy? Do you want the burger that you have returned left there in front of you until the new burger arrives so that he just doesn't take it off, wipe the bun across his pants to get the mayonnaise off and give it back to you? I mean, given my druthers, I would prefer that. Most of the time, especially if you go inside, you'll the person who you hand the, the offending burger to will just throw it away right there. Well, so the golden rule for me, if I go back inside, if somebody screws up my order and I go inside... I don't go to the cashier. The only question I ask the cashier is, where's the manager? 
because then I know the manager is going to be sure this gets corrected as well as dude in the back is going to know, okay, the manager's watching this burger too because I, I like to hedge my bet a little and be sure I don't get a big lukey in between the cheese and the beef. But I'll, maybe I'm just a little bit over-cautious on that. But my second thought... Sorry to derail us a little bit, but you just you hit a pain point for me. I would rather be successful than be right. All my life, I have struggled with people who I draw a house for and it's wonderful. And they do something stupid just because they want to be right. Regardless of the fact that my design is better, regardless of the fact that they're actually going to pay more to get this piece wrong. And nine times out of ten, they come back and say, oh, the builder said I should change this. So I just absolutely would always remind myself I would rather be successful than be right. Yeah. Well, that goes. It kind of goes back to your whole putting on the cape thing, doesn't it? I mean, that's there's a there's a lot of that in in saving the day. There's a lot of that being right over being successful that comes from having to be the hero, saving the day, that sort of thing. Right, from wanting to put on the cape. Well, it's it's the same ego. It may be a different problem, but it it comes from the same place. And the last thought, and in my opinion, the most important, brisket must always be served planked. Never chop brisket. Also known as sliced, for those of you who don't speak Shane. Well, planked is actually the proper term. I know. I got into a heated debate at Famous Dave's one day with the manager of Famous Dave's, strangely enough, because they brought my brisket out chopped. And I said, I have been ordering this sandwich here, and you have never chopped the brisket. Now, instead of just saying, I'm sorry, sir, I have committed a atrocity against barbecue. How may I rectify this situation? Actually, I think you're, the first atrocity was getting barbecue at Famous Dave's. I love Famous Dave's. Okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's no Martin's, but I still love Famous Dave's. Okay, fair enough. But his argument was we chopped the brisket because the bark, the best part of the brisket, the bark, we can then mix evenly throughout the entire brisket. No, that's the Scooby snack that you're just lucky if you get the piece. That's right. You you roll the dice with the brisket. Yeah, because I would much rather be the lucky guy that got that piece than have a little bit of it teasing me throughout my entire sandwich. So you should always serve brisket plank. Never chop a brisket. These are my thoughts. This is all I've learned in the years between 41 and 42. I would, I would say that the exception to that is when you're putting it on a baked potato. But we can debate that another day. I don't think you should ever put brisket on baked potatoes. Oh, you don't. Dude, it's good. No, no, no. Bake, have your brisket and then have your baked potato. Why must you combine them? Because it's good. But you mix you get, a little. You mix the, the butter and the cheese and the brisket and the, the hot barbecue sauce and you just mix it all in there together no that's cats and dogs living together i like have my brisket on the side i can take a knife and fork and eat my brisket like a civilized human being if it's good brisket you don't need the knife well that's true but i'm i'm having the option you're talking about famous dave so speaking of famous yeah which you can overcook (laughs) brisket but i would just like to say i don't i'm not in favor of any of the barbecue meat potatoes Mm, I'm all about it. See, I don't, I don't want barbecue on the potato. Put the barbecue on the side. I'll eat the potato. Because inevitably, you spend the rest of the day searching through the potato for barbecue. 
And uh, unless you're one of these freaks that eats the whole potato skin and all. I sure do. It's not, that's, the skin is the best part of the potato. It's the part in contact with dirt. That's why you wash it. <laughs> it's in, so, you, so you trust them to wash the potato? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, you're a far more trusting individual than I. I think we've shown that. <laughs> I'm also not afraid to eat a little dirt. This is it's true. been in a 375-degree oven for 17 hours or however long it takes to cook a potato. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's anything on there that could make me sick or hurt me is probably dead or, or incinerated. So you're saying if I took a, a mud ball and put it in the oven for 375 degrees for an hour, put a little butter, sour cream, and brisket on it, you would eat it? Because it's sterile, according to your logic. No, I didn't say it was sterile. According to your train of thought, the dirt is unimportant because it's no longer harmful once cooked. So why have the potato at I'm all? S- I'm saying trace amounts of dirt on an otherwise perfectly good potato. Now, if that dirt clod that you're cooking for me tastes like baked potato, then let's talk. But if it tastes like dirt, well, your comparison is invalid. So, ca- moving back to cigar news. Casa de Monte Cristo has opened their 28th branded cigar lounge. Down in Fort Lauderdale, where I just was. Um, I really love that operation. I think it's interesting to see how that's all coming together. I love that the one that we got is not a franchise location, and it's actually owned... um, So I think... So nine of them are franchise locations, and, and whatever the remaining are, 19 are actually owned by... Um, Altadis. Or one of their kind of... Right. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that ours is not one of the franchise locations. So I would be interested to go to one of these other that I read the list on that is and see how different it is. Well, the one here in Nashville is just amazing. It's just a great... Um, just a blast. I really enjoy going there. They had a special on Groupon. So here's something. If you've got a local cigar lounge, go to Groupon and search cigars. Because they actually had a whole box of the Nashville cigar. Now, this ain't the Ciudad de Musica. This is the Monte Cristo Nashville mm-hmm. cigar for $59.95. Which the Ciudad de Musica is actually going to be uh, released wider uh, to some of the TAA clients uh, I just saw this week as well. I've seen that, that they're getting a wider, which is good. That's a great cigar. It is a great cigar. I need I'd, to go back and have another one. Well, I'd like to see the price point just a little bit lower. Well, but wouldn't we for all of them? Like, I, I can't tell you a cigar that I didn't wish was a little cheaper. Well, from a, from a strictly, you know, from a stri- strictly self-centered standpoint, yes, that's what I would say. But from a broader standpoint, from a bigger portion of that, um, some cigars are just worth more money. And all my wife is now stealing my lighter. Yeah, she's come. Oh no, she's stealing my cutter. I t- <laughs> threw me off. I mean, yes, there is a certain there's a certain point at which value for dollar is that that value. Once you start getting up to a certain point, the Padron's anniversary sixty four that we talk about all the time is a perfect example of that. You know, um, but in general, I. I can't think of a cigar that you couldn't knock at least a buck off of. Can you think of a cigar you'd pay a few more bucks for? Uh, that's a good question. Yes. The, uh, the Romacraft Neanderthal Cranium, mm-hmm. I, would, I would pay an extra dollar for that cigar. 
I'd pay a few more bucks for that. I'd pay a few more bucks for a Charter Oak. Mm-hmm. I'd pay a couple of more bucks for a Guardian of the Farm. Speaking of Guardian of the Farm, you are the king of the Segway, and you don't even know it. Think um, how good we'd be if we rehearsed. Right. I saw a cigar that was, that uh, is being released and that immediately made me think of you. And if it were out already, I would have bought you one for your birthday. So, Cuba Requeño and Cigar Dojo partnered for, on a cigar called the Protocol K9 Breakdown. And it's a beautiful-looking cigar based on the promo photos. I found it on Half Wheel, if you want to see the full review or the full release. Um, the It's a, a Habano Rosado wrapper over a Nicaraguan Puro, so it's right in your wheelhouse. But here's what I love about this. The 5x56 Toro is called the Fur Missile. As soon as I read that, I thought, since when did Cigar Dojo start letting Shane name their cigars? Well, after after the La Serena incident, they started sending me the list. And oh, I've, is that I've how... I've been approving, you know, approving good cigar names. So is this in a lead-up to your becoming the czar of sandwiches, or is this a, a separate task? This is a This is a separate... I really don't need to be in charge of cigar names, but perhaps... Um, just a consulting. I mean, just Part a consulting. Part of the oversight commu- committee. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we should have a venomous duck cigar. A venomous duck? It would have to be a chisel. You'd have to have that duck bill shape. Oh, certainly. You would, absolutely. But there's so many great cigar names out there. I mean, the, you just named one the Cro Magnum Cranium. Yeah. I mean, all what, of their cigars are named really well. The Knuckle Dragger, the Neanderthal. Yeah. And, I'll, and even Fuente. Fuente just is the king of just finding a hard-to-pronounce Spanish word and calling their cigar at. <laughs> well, I love the fact that they have one called the bestseller. That's like I've always said if I had a, a band, my first album would be named un, um, Self-Titled. So the name of the album would be Self-Titled. Then my second album would be a self-titled album. So that way, when you go into the record store, obviously I had this idea a long time ago when we still had record stores. What's a record store, Grandpa? (laughs) Um, Then you ask for the self-titled album. And so now your sales doubled because they get the wrong, they order the wrong album. They've bought your first album the second time. So now they have to go back and then you go back and you name your third album the new one. Then you name your fourth album the old one. And 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 then it happens again. And then you can carry through the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, that may, but wouldn't you name the fourth one the... No, I guess that's right. fourth one would be called the old one, even though it came after the new one. Or, yeah, maybe the old one, then the new one. Whatever. We'll, we'll figure that you out. when We'll work that out at contract time. It's kind of like, in the again, going back in time, in the phone book. That's why there's AAA excavating and AAA right. pest control and AAA bail bonds. And all of these things because they want to be first on the list. Notice there was never a triple A dentist. That's true. <laughs> At all. Or a triple D dentist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different kind of doctor's office altogether. <laughs> that's, a, that's a totally different deal. They give you the gas there up front. <laughs> on that note, I think it might be time for us to nurse our sugar high a little bit, step away, take a quick break. Uh, enjoy the cigar under $8, and we'll be right back after this. Shane here with your cigar under $8. Trey, this week I want to talk about the Guardian of the Farm. We talked about it a little bit on the show. 
I love this cigar, and it comes in, okay, I may be fudging just a little here. You're starting to flirt with this line a little bit. Well, it's eight, nine dollars. Um, the actual one that won the aficionado, uh, number eight, I believe, mm-hmm. is, I believe it's right at eight fifty-three, something like that, but... I can. I'll. I'll spring for the extra dollar. I think you should take <laughs> the cigar near about eight dollars. Yeah, it's medium strength. It's a Nicaraguan Jalapa Shade Corojo ninety nine. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful, and that's just the wrapper. The filler and binder is Nicaraguan. Got a great flavor, a mild cigar. This cigar was so good to me at 10 a.m. I have got to get my hands on one of these. Ever since your review the other day. You know, it, it's light in color. I mean, it is not a, it's not as dark a cigar as you and I normally smoke, but to hear how much you've raved about this, I've got to put my hands on one. Well, and it's, of course, it plays to my sensibilities because it's named after the dogs that actually guard the ranch where it is. Has a nice bulldog on the cover. Just a great cigar. Everybody should go out and pick one up. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. One of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. And I'm enjoying this cigar so much. So tell me a little bit about You were so excited when we were getting the thing lit earlier that you didn't actually talk about it. Yeah, I was so excited to get it lit and actually get to smoking it that I didn't take time to read the description. This is the Hoya de Nicaragua Classico. It's a Nicaraguan Criollo Capas wrapper. So I'm not sure what capas means. I've had Criollo wrappers, and a Nicarag- it's a Nicaraguan puro. There's Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. So absolutely just a wonderful smoke. This just has a flavor all its own that I really enjoy. I've got to say, you are smoking that cigar faster than I think I've ever seen you smoke a cigar on this show. You You are just... It's like you just can't put it down, so to speak. Well, and it's kind of bittersweet because I've got four of them from the event. My wife cleaned up at the event winning stuff. I have never seen someone win all the raffles before, but that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, she won three in a row. Yeah. I mean, she was just killing it. And here's the thing, and this is the beautiful part about being a lady. As a lady, she was able to win three in a row, and everybody thought it was cute. If I'd won three in a row, y'all would have been pelting me with rotten fruit. It's true. As I was trying to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, so I only have three of these left, but I am just really going to enjoy them, save them for special occasions. I'm interested to see how they age. Um, I also re-smoked the Pappy Van Winkle Traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, we smoked the Pappy, and neither one of us were terribly impressed. I re-smoked it uh, two, or Monday. I was re-smoking it. It's still good, just not great. Hmm. I didn't get one of those at the event. I but I did pick up the. Um, I did pick up one of those, and I haven't smoked it yet. It's sitting in my humidor. I'm interested to give it a shot, especially with the review that you've given of it twice now, and still enjoying it as much as you are. Um, I'll be really interested to see what I think of it. Well, let's talk about the Hoya de Nicaragua factory. To me, the Hoya de Nicaragua factory, okay, you see the Drew Estate factory, and it looks like Drew Estate. Yeah. But you see the Hoya factory, it looks like a cigar factory should look. 
it's just a quality place. I mean, it looks, when you see the pictures of it and see the guys standing out front and the rollers, it has that red brick industrial look. It just looks like a place where good cigars are made. Yeah, and I really do like the Hoya, the stuff that's coming out of the Hoya. I remember when the Hoya Red first came out, I was not a huge Hoya fan at that time and was really blown away by that cigar. I've since come to like a couple of the cigars that they're putting out. Yeah, they just, they're doing a great job. They're, you know, been in business 50 years. They obviously know what they're doing. Right. Doing a gangbusters business. Now, back to tips for life. We, my wife and I, we're off this week for my birthday week celebrating. <laughs> Trey's shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, I just don't. You take a whole week off work just for, just for your birthday. Well, not every year. But this year was kind of a special year because she's switching occupations and so she had the week off anyway, so I took the week off, and it just happened to be on my birthday that this happened. Okay. So was very, you know, so I didn't necessarily take the whole week off for my birthday, but it seemed like a good excuse. Mm-hmm. So took the week off for my birthday. Monday, we went to one of our favorite places to eat for lunch, Demos down in Murfreesboro. Okay. And all about 45 minutes from my house. It's a little bit of a haul, but not so much that you can't, you know, make a good trip there. And our waiter's name was Ivan. And I kept saying, thank you, Ivan. Appreciate it, Ivan. And Glenda said, why do you do that? Why do you always remember the waiter's name? Here's a tip for life. Remember your waiter's name and repeat it back to them at least twice during your dining experience. Because either A, you have a good waiter and it makes him feel appreciated. Or B, you have a bad waiter, and he knows that you know his name to tell the manager. <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a bit... So, you and I are, are pretty much polar opposites when it comes to personality. You're the guy that walks into a room, you meet someone once, they remember you the next time they see you. I'm not that guy. I'm the, people that ha- I'm the guy that people ask me what my name is four and five times. I'm okay. I've come to terms with that. So for me, someone that remembers my name the first time or remembers me after meeting me once or whatever, um, that resonates with me. That sticks with me. I, that person is automatically a couple of notches higher in my book. So I can definitely, from a psychological standpoint, what you're saying totally makes sense to me. Well, it's a very small amount of mental effort to gather a great mental reward. You can get a lot of reward out of the little effort. And there's, you know, there's guys all over that'll say, oh, the trick to remembering somebody's name is to associate a feature of their body with them or do some sort of weird word association. Um, That's why if I owned a restaurant, everybody would wear name tags. That way life would be easier. (laughs) But... I always make it a point to do that because names have power. Names are very important. I was with a young man. Um, his name is Josh. And his dad calls him Joshy and other people call him Joshua. And I said, what do you want me to call you? 14-year-old boy. He said, oh, it really don't matter. I said, no, son. This is the first step into manhood. Names have power. Decide today whether you want to be called Joshua, Josh, Joshy, whatever you want to be called, decide when it's a parental nickname, it doesn't count. Well, that's true. And all my parental nickname was Tom Shane, 
because my brother's name is Thomas, and my dad would always just say both of our names in a row. <laughs> my nickname growing up was not fit for air. <laughs> but the, the name has power. And I was trying to explain that to this young man, and it took him a few minutes, but I think he grasped it, and he said, please call me Josh. There you go. So either it was, I'll tell him to call me Josh, and this crazy man will leave me alone, or he actually realized, this is the moniker. Well, I think, I think evidence of the fact that names have power, at least as being something that you believe in, is the fact that everything in your life has a name. So you're trusty hunting rifles named Matilda. You've got every little knick-knack on the back porch has a different name. Uh, you know, I, I'm not that guy. I don't name things. But if someone asks you, Trey, what's the cigar you're smoking? Okay, so that's, that's something, I guess, as it applies to remembering your, uh, your waiter's name. This is something that I do. There, so... You should always know, if you're smoking a cigar, you should know what you're smoking. Because it's such a fraternal and communal group of people that smoke cigars. I, anytime I see someone smoking a cigar, I, I always ask them what they're smoking. And it could have a band on it, it could not have a band on it. And it drives me, well it doesn't drive me crazy, it's their choice. But it's always one of those things, I think a little less of the person, when they look at the band, if it has one, and they go, uh... And they see a bunch of Spanish that they can't pronounce. They go, I don't know. A friend of mine gave me this. Come on. Take a minute. Think about what you're... Like, when the guy gives it to you, ask. Practice it. You know, just, just know what you're smoking. Well, and I'm the guy... I never give anybody a cigar without a story. I almost always give a story with my cigar. You know, when we're getting ready for wrestling... And someone's there at my house, and we're fixing to have cigars. And I say, would you like a cigar? And they say, yes, but please, you pick. Because everybody's kind of got the vibe now. They know that that's, that's how I like to do it. Mm -hmm. So and then I could say, okay, now this is an acid blondie. This has an amount of seasoning in it. This is a very mild cigar. This cigar is going to be a little sweet on the tongue. And I give the whole story. And there's nothing better than if somebody down the road, they say, hey, love the acid blondie. Or something along those lines. That's just always one of those things that I enjoy. And I think there's an importance to taking a few minutes, know the name of your cigar, kind of know where it comes from, especially if you're giving a cigar to somebody. Yeah. And you I'll, don't have to know, you know, you definitely don't have to know, oh, this is from Jalapa, and it was rolled on the thigh of a virgin, and it was blessed by the Pope John Paul II, because when he, you, you don't have to know all of that. That's a hell of a cigar you're smoking <laughs> there, Trey. <laughs> Uh, so you don't have to know the full backstory, but at least just know something about it. Well, that cigar stay lit or does the flame keep going out every time you get it near the end? <laughs> well, it's rolled with holy water, so it's really hard to keep. <laughs> I wondered what was in that little swinger they always have at the Catholic churches. It's that cigar. It's a Cuban cigar. <laughs> it's, it's Trey's cigar is in that swinger. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> These are, these are important issues that have to be handled in our lives. <laughs> but there is a certain amount of that, and there is a certain amount. You know, we talk all the time about gifting cigars and about receiving the gift well, about being the guy that, okay, somebody gives you a cigar and you smoke it there. Now, what is the social protocol if someone gives you a cigar that is terrible? I feel like you and I are going to disagree on this. 
because I'm going to say now, all right, let's clarify the situation a little more because you know I like details. Is it terrible and you know that before you ever light it? Or are you starting to smoke it and you realize it's terrible? Say there's somebody that hands you a cigar and you light, you did, you've never smoked that cigar before. Okay. You don't know that it's terrible and you light it and the draw stinks and it's the, the construction of the cigar is inferior and you know this is going to be an hour of my life that's going to be very hard to make it through because I'm going to be sucking my brains out trying to get this cigar. I guess it depends on how well you know the person. I don't think there's... Anybody who's been around cigars for any period of time knows that sometimes you just get a bad one. And, hey, I really appreciate that, but I just cannot get a draw out of it. I'm going to grab something else. Well, and so, okay, here's a trick. Trick which I have employed to great success. Wow, this is really rolled in the Cuban style. It seems to be a really thick draw. They must have really packed this cigar full of tobacco. And th- and this kind of gives so full your eyes are brown. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not had this style of rolling done before this way. This is very interesting. Now, do you think the draw would improve if I cut it a little further up on the torpedo, or do you think I should massage the cigar and just do you do you engage them? Does anyone believe you with that line of BS? It depends on the ego of the person I'm talking to. Okay. And all you and I both know a person that hands a cigar that sometimes has that problem. That if you say that enough, will just say, "Ah, oh, you must have got a bad one." Yeah, fair enough. You know, and and they are there are bad cigars out there. There are cigars made, but do you do that or do you just politely sit there and grin and bear it? I, I'm I'm probably going to grin and bear it. I probably am too. I'm probably not going to do the accidental drop. I'm probably going to squeeze it a little, though, so that maybe the wrapper busts. Because then if the wrapper busts, you kind of kind of, oh, man, this thing's blew up on me. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to get something else. Sorry, it tasted really good, but, man, I just can't keep going. I can't hold it together. Uh, yeah, this, this thing just falling apart all over the place. So I was just wondering. That requires far less theatrics than your original suggestion. So I'll say go with that one. If <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you kill them with enough technical details and engage them on, on a technical level because the good thing is you and I can kind of step above most people on a technical level when it comes to cigars. True. And all uh, you can say, well, she must have said she was a virgin when she rolled this one, but it's not drawing like she was a virgin. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that might be the problem here. <laughs> you're, you're the rolling not- service was not as supple as you might have been led to believe. <laughs> You're not quite the con artist that I am, are you? No, I'm really not. <laughs> so, another article on Aficionado this week was talking about the Scandinavian. So, this is funny because I was getting ready to once again rip into Cigar Aficionado till I actually read the article. The Scandinavian Tobacco Group says cigar sales are down. Okay. Now, Scandinavian Tobacco is the parent of General Cigar Company. The parent of General Right. Oh. So their overseas sales are down. The net sales were down 4.2%. Well, Scandinavia is too cold to smoke. Well, that's sort of what I thought. Um, But this is interesting. The machine-made cigars fell 4%, while handmade cigars dropped 7%. Now, I'm wondering, does that have to do, do you think... Price point. Is it price point or is it the currency situation in Europe? You know, with the euro kind of flailing and not doing so well. 
Do you think maybe people just can't afford to smoke hand rolls like they used to? Well, I, I do know that machine-rolled or machine-made cigars are cheaper than hand-rolled cigars. So it could just be a price point. I don't know what the tax structure of tobacco is over in that part of the world, but that may have something to do with it as well. Well, but now the U.S. market, which the United States is the largest cigar market worldwide, and uh, they were only down 1.8%. Yeah. And they, it didn't break, the article didn't break it down between machine-rolled and hand-rolled. Well, there's not really a whole lot of machine-rolled happening here. So I wouldn't think that that breakdown would really tell us much. Well, I think with Swisher purchasing Drew Estates and releasing the acid lines out into the mass, there may be something to do with that. It could be. But it is interesting to think that cigar sales are down, but it seems like there's still... I felt like we were in a boom in the cigar business. It seems to me like there's new stuff coming out. Maybe it's just that I'm more involved in it. I think it, I think that may be it, you know. Well, and it, it also kind of goes to what Sean was talking about a couple of weeks ago about the, the legacy um, blends that people have their hands on. And it may just be, you know, the emperor's new clothes a little bit. It could be. It could, and, you know, aficionado, not necessarily always right on top of things. They're never you had You had to throw a dig in. You couldn't just let it go. They're never sponsoring this show. As, as long as we live, they're never sponsoring the show. So, I did pick up a Guardian of the Farm. We went to a different um, cigar shop while we were in Murfreesboro, to the Humidor in Murfreesboro, which is a great little cigar lounge. Yeah. Um, I don't like that they don't have a... Hu- it's funny, the place is called the Humidor, but they don't have a Humidor. <laughs> the place is called the Humidor. The it place is the Humidor. It is the Humidor, but I don't like smoking the cigars where the other cigars are laying. I think you get bleed over. I've got to say, though, I have smoked a ton of cigars out of that shop, and I've never had an issue with the, the quality of the cigars being in that environment. Now, be, because I think is, you know, you definitely don't want to put a, a cigar, if you're going to save half a cigar for later, you don't want to put it in your humidor next to your other cigars. You, you do get the, that bleed over is real. That does yeah. happen. But I just don't know if it's really an issue having an open-air kind of environment within the cigar shop, as long as the shop itself is humidity-controlled, which, again, I've never had an issue with any of the cigars out of that shop. I wonder if maybe it's kind of a, maybe not a myth, but so much as just not, there's, there's so much surface area that maybe it just becomes a null value. Well, and... Stepping to one more thing, and all because I know we're coming up on the end of the show, I do want to hear this show will drop on St. Patrick's Day. And what is your St. Patty's Day cigar this year? I don't have one. You don't have one now. Do you, now, do you always smoke a Candela on St. Patrick's Day, or no. do you just smoke a? I I usually smoke a cigar on St. Patrick's Day just because it's a day that ends in Y. Um, it's not a it's not a real holiday for me. In terms of, like, cigars. This is what I love about St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is totally frivolous. There's really, I mean, unless you're truly Irish, for the mass majority of Americans, St. Patrick's Day is a, is a day that, it's, it's the gratuitous nudity of the holiday world. <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day. It doesn't have to be there, but it just makes the movie better. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and, and, and St. Patrick's Day really isn't celebrated in Ireland, at least, and certainly not to the extent that it is here. You know, Americans have a really good way of finding an excuse to get drunk. And so that's pretty much what the holiday has become. It's a celebration of all things Irish, but it, well, not really, because corned beef and cabbage isn't even Irish. But, you know, so it's become this whole whole thing, but, you know, it's not it's not necessarily Irish. Well, I enjoy St. Patrick's Day, and I enjoy gratuitous nudity in movies. And I enjoy them both for the same reason. It don't have to be there. It's just fun. And all, and I just enjoy that part of it. They always play the Quiet Man on TV. I was going to say, are we getting together and watching the Quiet Man? This oh yeah, year? we must have our annual viewing of the Quiet Man. We got to get that scheduled up before you get going tonight. But yes, we must have our annual viewing of the Quiet Man, where we sit on the porch, smoke cigars. Last year, we sat on the porch, smoked cigars, and froze our rear ends off. Yeah, we did watching the Quiet Man. <laughs> but this year, it should be a little warmer come that time. I certainly hope so. Anyway, but the St. Patrick's Day. Cigar. Now, Alec Bradley releases the Filthy Hooligan. Yeah. And I'll list just a couple of cigar picks for St. Patrick's Day. Say you're going to go traditional. Say you're going to smoke a Candela. Um, Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan, good cigar. Uh, not a great cigar. Not one I would smoke. See, I don't. I can't think of any Candela that I'm going to call a great cigar. It is not something that I enjoy. The Roma Craft Candela is the best in the industry. Okay. The Roma Craft Candela. As big a fan as I am of their stuff, I might have to give that one a try. Yeah, that's the one cigar. Roma Craft makes a good one, and um, they make the El Gigantes. What's the name of the company? Illusione. Illusione makes a really good Candela. Fuente makes a Candela, but I don't know that I would call it a good one. Okay. But for St. Patrick's Day... Well, then you've got the Ogre as well. You can always smoke the Asylum Ogre. And they do make the ogre in other sizes, but if I'm going to smoke the ogre, I'm going to smoke the 7 by 70 I'm going to go full on. Of course you would. Well, you, I mean, you see somebody smoking a small ogre. I think they should call that the troll. I, I don't like think that. that should be called the ogre. They should put you in charge of naming cigars. Once again, <laughs> largely, my genius is largely unappreciated in my time. <laughs> but as y'all can hear in the background, that's not Allie for once. That's not. And all that's actually them getting the poker table ready for my triumphant march to victory tonight. Well, I guess that's our sign that it's time to wrap things up. That's about right. So want to remind everybody, between now and next week, we love hearing from you. Drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com via email. We're on social media, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and of course, face, uh, Twitter and Instagram at thecigarcast as well. Well, everybody, have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Have a green cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.